What's up, homies? up homies i'm erica and i'm roshane and as always thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie and you get two for the price of one this month we've got two discord sides we already had one at the beginning of the month and we're ending it out it all comes it all comes full circle ending it out with another discord decides I know. I mean, it's only right. We did fully pluck away their decision last month. Yeah. Um. So we felt kind of bad, and we thought that you know maybe this will make it up to them, and the Discord mm-hmm. homies will forgive us if we provide yet another pick. Uh. And oh my God, what an array of movies we asked them to pick from. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm trying. Okay. So. <laughs> I, we wanted to do a slightly different theming because we did Down to Clown. Mm-hmm. And then I we wanted to kind of pivot and do a different theme for this Discord size just to make it like kind of move away from from that. And so we landed on directors um, because then we were, we were like, great, we can just have a whole kind of array of film filmography within their library and then we'll pick the three movies from within that to to choose and eventually we actually landed on Stuart gordon as our director because not only do you get to pick from the films that he's directed but it also kind of ties into hp lovecraft a little bit so it almost became like a dual <laughs> a dual theme for yeah. the discord sides because we have not been very Lovecraftian on the podcast Mm-mm. thus far. And Stuart Gordon is a director that you weren't super familiar with um, no, prior not, to. Mm-hmm. Like Reanimator is probably the only work from Stuart Gordon that I was at all familiar with. And even that film, admittedly, I have not watched from beginning to end. I've just seen a majority of it. Yeah. So here's the thing that I kept from you because I didn't want it to influence your decision (laughs) when we were trying to pick directors and you were leaning towards Stuart Gordon. I didn't want to say this because I didn't know if this would make you change your mind. Uh But he did direct the when we did the anthology, the like horror masters anthology, he was director mm-hmm. of the witch house one that we both did not like. <laughs> yeah. You know, funny that you say that is as I was perusing some of the like trivia stuff about Stuart Gordon. Yeah. I saw that and I didn't remember which one it was, but I was, I was hoping that the I, I just saw that he did Masters of Horror and I was like, oh no, which one did he do? Mm-hmm. And I saw I was like, it was the which one. I was like, ah, which one is that? Because that's the one with um when they're in the the like bedroom for the majority of it. Yes, or? and you get the the rat with the human head. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. That one. Not a fan. Not yes. a big fan. Of that <laughs> yes. One. <laughs> Neither one of us were. To be fair, um, it's not like it was the worst one i don't think for either one of us it was like horrible or badly done it just wasn't 
in regards to other ones that were within that series, it just wasn't doing it for mm. for me personally. It was it just felt <laughs> really, really kind of caught me off guard. I couldn't get too into the story itself. And then it was like the acting mixed with the effects mixed mm-hmm. with everything. It felt really long. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because of the Stuart Gordon. Because of Ratface. No saying. Rat- it's because of Ratface. Well, Ratface <laughs> is fucking weird. Ratface <laughs> is still uh, living in my mind rent free. Thank you for that. <laughs> but it's weird because for the most part, usually uh, of the movies that I've seen by him, I do like them. So mm-hmm. it was really surprising to me that I did not like that one. Um, because it definitely does have his style. Like looking back on it. I think it makes sense that that was directed by him, but it, yeah, it just did not work in such a short format because obviously they are shorter than movies, but I will say at the same time, that one felt really long. Got you. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, But I also agree with the fact that looking back, the similarities, especially between that and from beyond, (laughs) I can definitely see like what techniques were getting pulled um, for certain parts. Mm -hmm. And I can say right here now that those the way that it was done in from beyond, I definitely liked it way more. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that is not me saying that this ain't a crazy wild ride of a movie because it is. (laughs) And there is so much to talk about yeah like, i i think last week i was a little bit shy on my notes i didn't have quite as many notes whereas this week i have too many notes i i was writing stuff down almost every five minutes <laughs> watching this one. you're drowning in notes which is very exciting <laughs> for me i love to hear that yeah i actually was the same i've been a little bit sparse on my notes as of late for Mm -hmm. some of the movies we've covered but i i actually wrote more about this movie than i was anticipating to because there's a lot of stuff that i wanted to remember to talk about yeah yes um (laughs) but also before we dive in we talked about Stuart a little bit but when it comes to hp lovecraft are you someone who's like a big fan of the works or just kind of like a casual so the thing about it is i like hp lovecraft adaptations because i like the themes of hp lovecraft i love the cosmic horror i like the body horror i mm-hmm. love those aspects and like this otherworldly creatures that kind of usually fall within our realm or reality what have you i i think that that stuff is really interesting i've never read an hp lovecraft story i've never read it as is but i do usually enjoy the adaptations of the stories besides the witch house one Mm -hmm. (laughs) besides that specific (laughs) one what about you uh pretty similar camp uh i am not super knowledgeable about hp lovecraft i the name has been repeated to me ad nauseum for years and Mm -hmm. like it is something that i do attribute to cosmic horror which i do enjoy um but i never took it upon myself to like do a deep dive or really like get heavily into uh hp lovecraft so it's one of those things where it's like by proxy, you know, I've heard a, a thing or two, but I'm by no means an expert or know very much, honestly, nor have I read honestly any of the works. 
And now, granted, we will also point out H.P. Lovecraft was a huge racist. True. Um, <laughs> just to let that be known, we're not pretending like that didn't happen because that did happen. <laughs> we will, we will, we will say uh, he ain't shit for that and a lot of his other beliefs. Um, but before we get into the film, we do have to talk about the scare scale of From Beyond mm-hmm. on a scale from one to five, five being the scariest and one being not scary at all. Where would you rate From Beyond? That's a great question. I don't know, but if I had to guess, I'm going to land somewhere around like a two. Um, And it's less like a scare scale and more of just like a shock scale of like Mm. imagery that you will see while watching this film can get pretty intense. And although nothing was like super frightening for me, I do think that like if body horror is not your jam or if you are very um, susceptible to it, uh, this one may be a tougher watch, possibly. I don't know. I just didn't find it too, too scary. It's more just like ooey Mm. and gooey, but (laughs) I'll still give it a two out of five for the scare scale. Okay. I'm going to sit with you there, I think. I, I think you're right in the sense of it's not heavy in the scares by any means, but... There is an element to the story that I do think is pretty creepy and touches on some ideals that could be scary. And I think if body horror, yeah, creeps you out, this one is pretty, pretty heavy in it and looks to me, honestly, still pretty good. Um, And I think as a result, some of the imagery could be kind of unsettling troubling but yeah this is not by any means a jump scare type of film i think there's one kind of early on and then after that you're pretty you're pretty much kind of riding through the story and it and it's fairly as is so yeah more shocking than scary therefore too i think is is accurate okay fair enough then i believe without further ado it's time for us to hop on into it so Homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, and you have been warned, but today we are talking about From Beyond from 1986. This movie was directed by Stuart Gordon, based off of the short story from H.P. Lovecraft, with an adaption from Brian Usna and Dennis Powley, starring Jeffrey Combs as Crawford, Barbara Crampton as Dr. Catherine McMichaels, Ted Sorrell as Dr. Pretorius, and Ken Forey as Bubba. Dr. Pretorius and his assistant, Crawford Tillinghast, have made scientific history. Together, they have developed the Resonator, a machine which stimulates the sixth sense and allows those affected to see beyond the limits of our reality. However, this scientific breakthrough comes at a cost. For once the door is open to this other world, there is no telling what frightening creatures may emerge. Insert corkscrew decapitations, dangly pineal glands, and not safe for work attire here. Our film concludes with Crawford and company resuming the Resonator experiment. Will they be successful and close the door to the other realm? Or will they fall prey to the creatures from the other side? Also, 
Humans are such an easy prey. Roll credits. Hey, true? It's true. We kind of fall for everything, uh, if we being honest. We do be kind of easy. <laughs> like, if we're being honest, I mean, what is it? 2023 i just got scammed not too long ago <laughs> you'd think i'd know better by now but nope. humans are easy prey yeah it's true it's true what are you gonna do yeah um but okay man there is so much to talk about with this film I will mm -hmm. say, first and foremost, just watching through the trailers for all of these movies was oh, yeah. an experience in itself. Because, um, like, I even as, like, a Stuart Gordon newbie, right, I you you already know about, like, the body horror stuff. And even just seeing a little bit of Reanimator, you know, <laughs> you know how much uh, this particular director loves to just... Uh, tiptoe that line mm -hmm. of R and unrated in terms of the content that is on the screen. And yeah. um, this film, that, that it doesn't get too, too crazy in that regard, but some of the imagery and some of the things that are happening in this film are absolutely yes. bonkers. And I cannot right. wait to talk about them. <laughs> well, and also too, we showed the trailers for all three movies that we were that you could choose from when we were streaming um so we had this one obviously reanimator and dagon and the reanimator trailer shows full ass <laughs> full bare ass, ass. <laughs> and we didn't realize that before we started watching it what a time but, to be alive baby ass in your movie yes. trailers I just thought that that was quite wild. Now, that might have been a very specific trailer <laughs> that wasn't played everywhere, mm -hmm. but it did kind of take me aback <laughs> at first. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ready for all that ass. Um, all that ass <laughs> with no jeans. There were no jeans. <laughs> uh, but all right, let's go ahead and just hop right in because I, I need to decompress some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Erica, what is in your notebook? Okay, well, my first note is Return of the Forks. Yes, got, the Tuning Forks are back, the baby. Forks, the Attack of the Tuning Forks, part <laughs> two, because we uh, have Tuning Forks in Phantasm, mm -hmm. and we have Tuning Forks in this movie. Is that a necessary instrument when opening a portal to another dimension? Is that the main ingredient is you need According the good Hollywood. vibrations? <laughs> yes, apparently... Tuning forks can get those that good good vibration that is necessary to cross over to a different plane, mm. and I just was not <laughs> I I didn't even realize I don't remember it being because the forks actually end up being kind of important in this one not super duper but it is the the one part of the machine that gets broken yeah. and then kind of creates it, 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 like Lawrence is very, very clear in saying that the vibrations of the forks is kind of paramount to opening up your gland, your, your pineal gland as much as possible. So yeah, the tuning forks definitely play a big role in the first bit of this film because we jump directly into things like from the moment this movie starts, like things are already hot. Like we're in the midst of whatever experiment this is. Um, my first note is actually, 
I love how quickly things are not okay in this movie because yeah. like she just hits the fan immediately. Um, but we basically have this machine, right? The resonator, which using the tuning forks and these vibrations gets you to this other realm where there are these creatures that apparently live all around us all the time. But because we're in separate planes of reality, we don't interact with each other. Mm -hmm. However, the machine allows us to cross those boundaries and interact with these creatures. And funny enough, they are terrifying and want to murder us. Who would have guessed? Who would have thought <laughs> that on the other side of the plane, there were evil, evil creatures that only want to kill us? It's yeah, it's so originally when we jump in, we see Lawrence working mm -hmm. and he's the one who kind of seemingly figures it out. We find out later that Pretorius does have a lot to do with this machine, but it honestly seems like like Lauren or not Lawrence Crawford. OK, I was going to like <laughs> I was going to let you go one more before I was like Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck is Lawrence? I'm tripping. <laughs> it's Crawford. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we hop right in. Craw Crawford does the last little do-do-do-do's, and he gets the machine to work. And when he gets the machine to work, we see an eel. What looks like an eel. I'd call it an eel. Eel-like. Yeah, it just has a sucky, a sucky mouth. True. A, a it's different... like a worm eel. Yeah, it's a wheel. It's a wheel. So... <laughs> Crawford encounters the wheel and it bites him <laughs> mm -hmm. and it hurts because that's another thing. Not only can you see each other when the resonator is working, you can also interact with each other, which can't happen if the resonator is not on. So really the only danger that happens is the resonator being on because you can see and interact across the dimensions. And so... We get the eel and it attacks Crawford and he goes down and lets Pretorius know what the vibes are. And Pretorius is like, oh, shit, <laughs> let's go. Because um, right away, we get introduced to two characters who are very different types of people. Crawford is a much more anxious, cautious, um, all about the science type of person and just it seems like he's a little bit it's a little bit more easy to kind of walk all over him which is what Pretorius does and Pretorius is a much more kind of bold aggressive confident know-it-all type at least when we first meet meet him um and so Pretorius is all about it he's like let's turn this shit on let's get this party started mm-hmm and Crawford's not down because Crawford, it's it's interesting because later on, like once he's at the hospital, Catherine asks him what went wrong with the experience with the experiment. And Crawford says nothing at first, which is not true, because the minute you turn the machine on, you got attacked. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why you're acting like everything was, was good to go prior to when you and Pretorius went up there, um, because now granted, there is a there are bigger threats than some of the smaller creatures that they see, but the smaller creatures are still aggressive and they still hurt you. Yeah. So it's like, there's clearly danger here. Um, but yeah, like you said, Pretorius is kind of the one running the show here. And we in Pretorius have kind of that 
seeker of of grander pleasures type vibe, a la like Hellraiser or mm-hmm. like maybe like Videodrome or something like that, where it's just like the seeking a new sensation is kind of his thing, right? So this whole machine is tickling your uh, how do you say it? Pin- Pine pineal. It's tickling your pineal gland, which apparently is a very pleasurable experience in some way. Um, uh. <laughs> because as far as I saw on my screen, I'm watching this with closed captioning. Um, <laughs> when Pretorius hit that button, I love how it said gasping with pleasure. <laughs> you have to be very specific about You have to be very specific about the type of gasp because it changes. <laughs> this, it totally changes the the whole circumstances. There, there, mind you, are a lot of gasps, a lot of screams, and a yeah. lot of moans throughout this whole movie mm-hmm. from beginning to end the ADR yeah. tracking on this shit is wild yes i would love to see what that script looked like <laughs> <laughs> just to see what kind of how they wrote it all out but yeah i guess that the the pineal gland is connected to sex drive um in some form so it does make people super horny when mm-hmm. when it gets stimulated when the resonator is on because that's what it's doing is stimulating that gland and so that gland because i am not even gonna lie i didn't even know what that what it did so yeah. i just wanted to look it up and see it is a real thing it, I, I didn't it, see yeah. that much it's a real thing it's actually the main function of it is it like recognizes light and dark. So I think that's why they call it the third eye is mm-hmm. because it's it's also sensitive to light and dark. Um, but it takes that from the environment and then like uses that information to produce the secretion of melatonin. So really it's important for your sleep. Mm-hmm. But I guess because of how deep rooted it is in the brain, I guess that's why it being stimulated and growing and can kind of change the way that your brain outputs information and like what you're able to see. Because that's the whole thing is is like once it's on, it's the stimulation of the gland that allows you to see these things. It's like they almost describe it as opening your third eye. Right. And it's like it's also like it's stimulating it enough that it's growing, right? Like it's like physically growing within your head which is a terrifying thought um but it's so (laughs) funny throughout all of the activations of the resonator just to see the actors do their (laughs) interpretation of what it feels like to be within the radius of this machine Mm -hmm. because you're right like there there are gasps of pleasure but then there's also gasps of pain but then there's like looks of horniness but then there's also looks of fear. Like the way that it flip-flops, I feel like they were directed to give every emotion so that right. later on they could just pick and choose which ones they wanted to use. Right. Because Bubba, I feel, reacts much quite different than, yeah. than Catherine specifically, but also even Crawford. Crawford, in a yeah, sense. they all have their own unique ways that they are affected by it right and i guess maybe it just depends on what type of person you are because Mm -hmm. we do find out that pretorius is very 
violently sexual person and so i guess that leans into it and i don't and kind of what he becomes and what he gains from this because basically they're up in the attic and everything starts to go wrong we get all of this knowledge secondhand because we don't get to see what happens which i really really like i like how there's this question mark of what actually happened in the room because we are not involved in the situation no we we're are, looking for bunny we're looking for bunny the dog who this lady basically allows to fall out of the window she basically <laughs> gives bunny a little push bunny jumps out the window and runs into the house uh, which is the address of that house is 666 benevolent drive which i that was a nice little touch but bunny runs into the house where all of this shenanigans are occurring and by the time that bunny gets there pretorius's head has been ripped off um crawford is trying to run out and leave the situation he's obviously terrified i love this this lady makes this whole trek into this crazy house to find her dog picks the dog up and then promptly throws bunny again when the (laughs) axe comes through the door she could have ran with that dog she didn't have to leave bunny behind she she very easily could have continued to carry bunny this is also this 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 little chase sequence is so funny to me (laughs) it's so funny it's so funny i do think it's meant to be like i think it was is meant to be a comedic moment um but yeah it's just such a slow chase scene of this lady running and screaming the whole time and then Crawford. Those screams sent me, Erica. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then Crawford, Crawford running around behind her. And then eventually, like, she's running too slow. So he just runs past her. (laughs) And she's still running and screaming out of the house. I I feel like you touched on a very great point where I, I don't know where this movie is ever intentionally trying to be funny. But mm. there were just so many moments where I laughed out loud. And, like, I don't, like, I don't know if it's just, like, ingrained in, like, Stewart's directing style that there's a little bit of, like, dark comedy to things. But, bro, this movie's hilarious. Yeah. I honestly think it is because, uh, like, Reanimator definitely has comedic moments as well. It kind of leans into this over-the-top almost campy feeling at times that leans leans well into the comedy and Mm -hmm. so it's it's an interesting dynamic because you have this movie that is pretty gruesome and gory and and dark in its topic and like its storytelling but it's done in a light way where nothing ever feels too heavy. Everything feels very palatable and accessible. Now granted the humor is still not going to be for everybody, but I do think that just the way that things are portrayed makes it feel very much this story never gets too close to reality. And therefore I think it makes the story more enjoyable despite the bad things that are happening. Yeah, I can vibe with that. But we have this whole opening, which leads us into Crawford being institutionalized mm-hmm. and them bringing in Dr. Catherine to come and basically just see if he is, if he can stand a trial, like if he um, mentally can handle going on trial for the murder of Pretorius. Yeah. 
And Dr. Catherine is quite the interesting character. Uh, we'll go more into that a little bit later as we get to spend more time with Dr. Catherine. Um, but the the institution sequence is pretty interesting. Um, it feels like, it, I guess it feels very like run of the mill in a lot of ways where it's just like kind of introducing our main group so that we can kind of get into the real shenanigans with the resonator. Um, however, it is pretty, um, this is a very interesting psych ward, I think, from not only the people it's working there. It's pretty stereotypical, there, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the residents there, too. Um, I gotta say, could have done without the uh, the masturbation. Like, I, I know that that was there and uh, it could have done without. Here's, but <laughs> Here's the thing about the masturbation. Is Catherine looks in on this guy jerking off and very aggressively i will say <laughs> and, and he turns around and just kind of like smiles at her and she gives this look like oh that's so disgusting but also at the same time that's his house <laughs> uh this is his residence you didn't need to be looking through all these windows i don't know why she even felt the need to just be peeking in on people because she was supposed to be going straight to crawford's door and uh, I mean, straight out yeah, she was being a little bit nosy um She's also being a little nosy. talking about the adr again the adr for all of these <laughs> these um patients is amazing uh <laughs> yeah this was so good yeah Particularly the guy who looks like he's eating his beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, it was very hard to tell if he was meant to be saying those words or not because his mouth is not moving in sync with what we are hearing. At all. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. All. Also, speaking of lines, can we just talk about the actual just Shakespearean delight that is hearing Crawford talk about uh, Pretorius's head being bit off like a gingerbread <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> Like a gingerbread man. It's the way yeah. he says, like, bit. He's like, be it. Like, he be it. Like, he has, like, yeah. a U, a Y, three T's in there. <laughs> then what went wrong? Nothing. At first. But then we saw them. What did you see? We saw creatures. We saw creatures, these... Things that are swimming around in the air, they fill it all the time. Are they around us now? You bet. Only we can't see them without the resonator, and they can't see us unless they're under the influence of the vibrations. That's why I had to destroy it. Destroy what? The resonator, Pretorius's invention. Because, because it came. What came? Doctor Tillingus. Crawford, what did you see? It ate him bit off his head like a gingerbread man 
the the drama of it all. <laughs> it's a very, very, yes, he gets his monologue moment. And there's that point where he runs at the camera and he's really close in Catherine's face. <laughs> and it's around that point that he says how his head got bit off like a gingerbread man, which we got some fantastic like commitment in this movie from both Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton oh my God. who were just carried over from reanimator mm-hmm. um to be in this film because Stuart Gordon a enjoyed working with them so much but also b found thought that it would be easier to they already knew the style and yeah. kind of the the tone of what he was wanting. So it was very easy to just say, all right, we're going to put you guys in these roles um, and like, go for it. You know what I want. And I think that they nail it. I, it's interesting because for anybody who has seen Reanimator, it's interesting because it feels like in this movie, they almost swap mm-hmm. characters. Like their motives mm-hmm. uh, seem seem almost diff- like the opposite of what they are in reanimator so it's kind of interesting because they got to play very different characters yeah. than who they are in the other film but they're they're fully committed to it and doing a great job true um but you know we get all the institution stuff we get kind of the setup for things um and uh, crawford is given into Catherine's care um and then they have the uh, police assistance with our our good boy Bubba, uh, <laughs> Mr. Bubba. What's his last name? Br- Brownlee. Mr. Bubba Brownlee. Brownlee, played by Ken Foray. I thought for the longest time, why are you here <laughs> for so many scenes, dude? <laughs> yeah, and it feels like for a long time, it, or actually, it does definitely seem like they did not tell him exactly what was going on because he is very much confused by everything that is happening it's so clear that they basically said oh we just need a police kind of bodyguard or a police escort to make sure that dr Catherine is okay Mm -hmm. just living in this house with this former mental patient and he's probably went oh yeah sure okay nobody told him about the experiment did not not know what he was signing up for at all he has no idea what is going on. Also, going to Catherine, this is a wild, this is a wild thing to do. Catherine comes out, when she comes out of the room, after she's finished talking to Crawford, because there is the one nurse at the institution who is very much thinks Crawford's, you know, he's gone, he's done, he needs to stay here and we'll take care of him. Whereas Catherine is, I guess, kind of pulling up this new found idea of, no, we can work through these things and there's different ways of handling this. And so they have some issues that they butt heads about throughout the movie with that ideal. Mm -hmm. But so Catherine goes to talk to him and then she comes outside and she makes this comment of, of, oh, he very clearly believes that what he has seen is real and so it's like she believes him as a result. But isn't that kind of the point? Don't most people believe that what they're seeing is real? And that's kind of what you have to work them through to make them realize that what they saw or what they see is not real. And then she sees his his gland and she goes, oh, I definitely believe him. So she decides, oh, let's go back to the house and conduct the experiment. Again. Despite 
Crawford being absolutely terrified. He does not want to do this at all. She does not give a fuck. She's like, oh, we're doing this. You're in my care now. And unless you want to go back and spend the rest of your life in a mental institution, you're going to come with me and do the experiment. What kind of... What is this style? I guess it's maybe like exposure therapy in some ways, but to force him to go through the experiment seems like a lot. No, 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 no. She went to the uh, the Gale school of get your <laughs> yo book written because she was all about con- reconducting this experiment. I feel like the moment that she saw that there was actual physical change in Crawford um, yeah. to back up his story, I feel like that's when she fully decided, you know what? Perhaps doctor don't have a head anymore was onto something mm-hmm. and that if we finish up this experiment we could be doing some groundbreaking scientific discoveries here like mm-hmm. i it really doesn't feel like she had crawford's well-being in mind at all like especially at the beginning of this oh for sure and as time goes on it does seem like they uh, crawford, crawford kind of has a crush on her the whole time but it does feel like as time goes on she does start to feel some feelings towards him but for a majority of this film Catherine is just really really fucking things up i mean because she she the whole issue between her another issue between her and the other doctor is that the other doctor believes that Catherine has more concern over her research and like the the knowledge that she gains from the patients than the actual patients themselves right. which she's not wrong cuz Catherine seems very very intent on using the machine to further research on schizophrenia which isn't not in it, in and of itself is not a bad thing yeah and she does, she but, does even have some background too later on to explain right. why She's so right. into it, but... But that... Her little American Idol sob story <laughs> pissed, was so annoying. She's like, oh, yeah, you know... Oh, I grew up in the woods, and my mom was a chicken, and her head got cut off, and I had to forage for berries. But also, my dad had schizophrenia, and for 15 years, he lived in a mental institution until he died. And so that's her whole thing. She's upset about what happened to her father. And I get that, but... There's another way. There's other ways that you can help people with schizophrenia besides forcing every single person in this house to go into the beyond or, you know, be within this plane when they so clearly do not want to be there. And also when there is a huge creature who I guess when they when she when they first see Pretorius again, He's not in his creature form yet. He is no. still human-esque. But there's definitely something wrong with him. Yeah, what and... a wild reunion of a scene. <laughs> Touch me yeah. if it so pleases you. If it pleases you. <laughs> Dr. Pretorius had me feeling icky from minute zero to the end of this film. Yeah. Dr. Pretorius is gross. <laughs> we find out... Right after they get back to the house, we find out that he was pretty heavy into BDSM, but it does not seem the way that it's portrayed. It does not seem like it was consensual. Yeah, I feel like that's 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 the vibe that was definitely being given off, um, which makes it even worse. Um, 
but it kind of also explains his new demeanor now that he's in the beyond mm-hmm. because like despite whatever scientific effect this resonator has on people it does definitely seem like it um amplifies like your personality traits or like things that you're that are on your mind so like for him it's like this whatever he was before going into the beyond he is now 10 times that and so definitely a lot more just like I'm here. I'm Dr. Pretorius. Yeah. Ooh, come over here, girl. Let me see you. I'm like, oh, please stop, dude. Right. Cause he's like, come, let me see you in the light. And she almost she almost goes because the minute that they try the resonator, I mean, Catherine is just just she is under its spell. Mm-hmm. The girl cannot get enough. Poor girl's and... having a full-on sexual awakening throughout this entire experiment. <laughs> Yes, and that's the thing. It seems like she's a very specific type of person, um, a little bit more, not reserved, because I don't think that's true, but she's just very much seems like the type of person who's been focused on her work and and stuff for so long and doesn't ever really indulge in passions outside of that. So for Catherine, it seems like this machine is really uh, like waking up some sexual desires that she has probably in the past been maybe to explain explain maybe too afraid to explore mm-hmm. and now she is all about it um because when it first comes on her and crawford kind of kind of look at each other like they're about to make out and then you just have bubba <laughs> third wheeling it third wheeling it on the side feeling like he's about to throw up right <laughs> Also, speaking of which, they're a little Lucy. This is another thing. They get to the house and immediately they lose Crawford. How did you lose him? Literally my note. (laughs) They he was there right in front of him. Bubba trips over some wires. He says, (laughs) hey, there's wires all over the house. We had to rewire the house. He stands up, looks at Catherine, says like two sentences, looks back and Crawford's gone. Crawford's gone. What police force are you a part of, Bubba? I do not understand. Immediately they lose him. And it's another thing where they're just a little loosey-goosey with what they're trying to do here. Because by all... by, by By the scene and by all of the evidence that they've gathered... Crawford is a killer. Like he is a murderer. <laughs> he killed his partner in cold blood and cut his head off and disposed of the head. That is the evidence that has been given. That is seemingly what has happened. And right away, <laughs> they just lose him. Just now lose him. he's still in the house, but they're very lucky that he was still in the house. Not only that, but right after they lose him, they still have to, they're like, well, first things first, we got to go turn the lights on. Huh? No. First things first, (laughs) find the murderer on the loose. (laughs) Find the murderer, maybe mental patient that you're supposed to be watching right now. Um, And then Crawford, now I know you've been through a lot recently. I know that um, a lot has happened to you. But coming at your newfound um, watcher with an axe, a little bit much, a little much. Uh, it's he wait. He's been up in the attic for at least sixty seconds, and then he waits until they get up there. Waits until Catherine is standing right in front of the machine, and waits until the lights get flicked on, and then he comes running out of the shadows, 
like a bat out of hell, swings <laughs> the axe, tries to tear the machine up. And then Catherine goes, he's reliving the, ex- he's reliving the events. What? <laughs> Girl, so, what? So we agree that he's an axe murderer and that you just let him right. frolic throughout the house willy nilly. It's, oh, okay. Oh, he's reliving the events. Cool. Should he chop my head off or yours? <laughs> what do you mean? So, but anyway, so they get the machine to work. We see Pretorius. Uh, this is, I will say, I love the effects in this movie. True. Um, True. This is the first introduction of Pretorius. Like I said, although he looks human, we quickly get some really cool effects. Because first of all, he is, looks greasy. He must be oiled up. Uh, <laughs> very, very baby oiled, sweaty. And Man, then... He's glistening. He's glistening a little bit. He's glistening. A little glistening. And then Crawford touches him on the shoulder and it like sinks his skin in. Yeah. And then he starts to burst out of his head. And then his neck starts to... <laughs> I was going to say his neck starts to ejaculate. (laughs) It does. Fluids. And then uh, they manage to send him away. Another thing that they make clear here that nobody ever remembers is that you kind of have to stay still when the vibrations are happening. Because if you move, that's when they can see you and you're like vulnerable going to be vulnerable yeah for them attacking you nobody ever remembers this though because every single person moves as soon as the forks start start beating everybody yeah. always moves uh yeah i'll give the only grace here to bubba because bubba just has no idea what's happening at any time right. he's just kind of along for the ride unfortunately also <laughs> i know it's a little bit later but one scene that had me absolutely cackling is what is like later on um i think it's the maybe the second time that they turn on the resonator and uh catherine is getting attacked by pretorius i love that crawford just leaves her to run and i guess try and hit the breaker switch Mm -hmm. or whatever and just gets tackled by a speedo wearing bubba (laughs) down the fucking stairs one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie (laughs) yeah because so after this whole situation occurs bubba and crawford explicitly say that's it one and done it's a wrap we're not doing that again and Catherine says bitch you thought i am gonna do that again and i'm gonna do it (laughs) in the middle of everybody else's nap she goes up turns the machine back on Crawford runs up and can't stop her or can't make her turn it off. They do start making out, mm-hmm. um, which distracts him for a minute. But then when they're post making out, this is when we get to see Pretorius in his second form. Yeah. Which is which is gross. It's like he's he's kind of got a ba- like a big base. And he's like almost like a big old thing of goo. He looks like a human if it, tumor, if all the goo, man. Like, yeah, yeah. If all the goo was flesh, and then he's got his neck is really long. He got a long neck. <laughs> long neck. <laughs> he got a long neck. His face, his face is sticking out at the front. I think at this point in time, his gland is sticking out. Right. Uh, it could be. I feel like by the second time around, we get the the little flickety pineal gland. The little Flicky boy, um, it looks like those fish that have the, the angler like, fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> it does. That's what it looks like. 
Yeah. And so he steps on the scene. This also looks great. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the, the makeup on this looks really cool. And he grabs Catherine and he tries to eat her head off after he like, you know, messes with her and like kisses her and does all this gross shit to her. But mainly he's trying to eat her head off because the whole thing is once you're, (laughs) this sounds wild to explain. I'm listening to myself explaining this and I can't, (laughs) I can't take it seriously. But once your head gets eaten off (laughs) by a creature in the beyond, your brain kind of becomes part of that creature. So like Pretorius melded with the creature that he is now part of. And so if he eats other people's heads off, their brain will kind of meld with his brain and vice versa. And so he's very much keen on getting Catherine. Mm -hmm. And so he starts to eat her brain off. Yeah. And Crawford books it down the stairs. And as he turns the corner, Bubba just comes out throws his arm around Crawford's neck and then like both of them tumble down the stairs and Crawford's like, or and Bubba's like, where are you going? <laughs> what do you say? He's like, what are you, what did you do? Scientist boy or whatever he, and Crawford's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to help. And so when they go downstairs, there's a huge, there's a giant worm in the basement. It kind of looks like a tremor. Yeah. Um, Just like the, design of it like the way that its mouth is because it has all the teeth Mm -hmm. it's a really long worm and it's down in the basement and so it starts to suck (laughs) it starts to suck crawford up into its mouth and bubba ends up pulling the power and saving both of them when Catherine's head comes back out (laughs) she's flustered and distraught but she's the same person mm-hmm. when Crawford falls back out he's like shriveled up he's pale <laughs> his hair is gone he looks sick he looks like like the little sick version of Voldemort That's when it's like yeah saying. yeah I that's really, what he looks like. He looks <laughs> fucked up. He's even in the I'm, same. He's even in the same in the like, fetal, fetal position. position. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, like shaking. And then Bubba has to like scoop him up into his arms. <laughs> While he's still in the Borat Speedo, I when I again when I'm like, I don't know if this movie was intentionally trying to be this funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it it's a wild choice because also not only that, but at this point in time, his gland is ready to bust. So he has this big old <laughs> knot on his forehead where his gland is like pushing up because the more time you spend inside with the machine on, it makes it bigger and bigger. And at this point, he's spent a lot of time with the machine. Right. So it's ready to burst. And yeah, he's just... He's got the bald cap on. He's got the makeup. He's really pale. He's got all of these red welts from, I guess, where the worm was kind of like suctioning on his body and like slurping him up. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, he looks fucked all the way up. And even still, Catherine's like, well, the obviously the issue is there were too many of us here. 
you guys should leave and I'll do the experiment by myself. It's like, girl, how many times we got to teach you this lesson, Catherine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many times are we going to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny because like the, literally the scene right before that, after she gets finagled by Pretorius and they get out of the beyond, she mm -hmm. immediately like rips all of the cords out of the machine, yeah. like make sure it can never turn out, turn on again. To immediately turn around to Bubba and be like, "We gotta turn that thing on again." Yeah, it's it very much. It seems like that kind of thing where it has a hold on you. It's like when you have those objects and those things where the power of them becomes so overwhelming that you can't, even though you know it's wrong, you want to keep going to it. That right. is what is happening to Catherine. That's seemingly what happened to Pretorius. And so she cannot even take a step back to think, oh, this is a bad idea. It's like she is just so fixated on it. And at this point in time, it's past the research. You can tell that she doesn't even give, it's not even about the the how this could help anymore and now she's just ready to ready to rumble and i think bubba's even says to her like i've seen this before with like drug addicts and stuff yeah. like you are you're getting addicted and she kind of brushes him off but bubba you says you know, know what <laughs> she's like you don't know but bubba's like i'm getting the van ready I want wheels up in 10 minutes. <laughs> and he goes down. He says, get dressed and get <laughs> outside. It's basically what Bubba says. <laughs> True. Also, I, I just realized it now, but during that scene where he confronts Catherine, he's like, now he's dressed again, but he's wearing like a, like a football jersey. Yeah. It's got his, la it's got Brown Lee on the back. So that's his like football jersey is he just wearing his like high school football gear well remember because when they first meet him he's like i was on a football team everybody on there was crazy so yeah i i don't know but the way he says it it's hard to tell if he means recently like in his <laughs> adulthood i i assume maybe as an adult maybe he was a football player turned detective I don't know. Perhaps. I, Perhaps. I, just, found, I just found it funny. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> that my man still had that jersey. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he's like, nah, we got to go. We got to get out of here. Clearly, you didn't get it the first time. Hopefully, after the second time, you understand that this is not something that we should be doing. He goes away, and literally a minute later, um, Catherine discovers that BDSM is her fucking jam. Because mm -hmm. she gets, she finds the leather wardrobe. And she goes crazy with it. Yes. She dresses up. Um, she tries to have sex with Crawford. Unconscious Voldemort Crawford, yes. Yes. And then Bubba walks in. And oh, also though, first of all, Barbara Crampton does look hot. But also True. she she puts lipstick on perfectly. She does a little swipe of the lipstick. It reminds me of when Ursula puts lipstick on in The Little Mermaid <laughs> and it's like perfect. It's what I've never in my life been able to put lipstick on in one go the way that she manages to do so. It almost feels like a magic trick because like when yes. you're watching it in real time, it feels like it's going to smear. Like it looks mm -hmm. like she's it about does. to have full on clown makeup on. But the moment she moves it away and does the little, I'm like, holy shit, girl. 
Yes, exactly. I was so convinced. I was like, oh, she's going all the way out of the lines. But once she was done and she looked at herself, it looks so fucking good. The corners are crisp. The lines are straight. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I, <laughs> I was like, for that alone, Catherine. <laughs> you get a pass. <laughs> you're you, you're kind of killing it right now. I can't. I get it. But perhaps this is skills we should use outside of the house <laughs> with willing partners and not with a crazy creature man up in the up in the attic. That's Maybe very, we should go true. to a bar and use these ta- <laughs> these talents there. But Bubba comes in before she can do anything, before she can go too far. And he basically, he's like, look at yourself. <laughs> look at you. And kind of snaps her, snaps her out of it. He forces her to kind of realize, like, this isn't you. This isn't you. And she's like, you know what? You're right. I literally don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on with me. Uh, like so I felt this, the leather. It felt nice yeah. for a second on my on my cheek. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So this kind of breaks her out of out of the trance that she was in which and like i said this is another thing it's it seems like depending on the person the effects of the machine can last despite the machine not being on at all because Mm -hmm. for people like bubba and crawford when the machine wasn't on they just kind of they felt the after effects in the sense of they were just kind of exhausted from what had happened but Catherine kind of gets stuck in that same feeling despite the machine no longer being on. And I think we'll see that now again with Crawford, but just for different reasons, um, because he's also going to cross into that path of like, despite the machine not working or not being on, it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. But, and also the machine no longer gives a fuck about whether or not you turn it on because now Pretorius is turning this thing on whenever he wants yeah, to. Yeah, from the beginning. Um, which does, it It makes no sense, but I'm happy that that happens because, mm-hmm. like, I do think it elevates the stakes of things where it's like, all right, it's less just like this is all Catherine's fault and more just like y'all have just started the wheels in motion of something that y'all just can't really stop. Right. So. Yeah, because we, re- we were reaching that point in the story where something had to give either Catherine had to be lost to the beyond and be uncontrollable or she had to wake up and they went with the wake up method, which means that you have to, yeah, find other reasons for this machine to be a threat because at the end of the day, that is the only threat in this movie is the resonator. Mm -hmm. So eventually you have to find a reason for the stakes to become higher, for the machine to become uncontrollable, because for so long of it, our main characters are completely in control of when the machine is on and when it's off and what happens with that. And so, yeah, you reach this point where I think they've they've brought Pretorius back enough times that he is starting to regain control and be like kind of, Pretorius is in a different situation because he is a person who used to be a human who is now in the beyond and therefore is like familiar with our dimension, that home dimension. And so I think that that just kind of allows him to A, be connected to it and connected to our characters 
and so have a little bit more control and know what's going on because all the other creatures they're not like this they're like little eels they're little bugs they're big Mm. old worms they don't have a thought process like this but Pretorius is still thinks like himself he still has his personality in his mind and he can still understand what is happening and what he wants is he wants Catherine and so he comes back he decides to turn the machine on and which really they never turned really all he has to do is like spark out the breaker and it basically like turns the machine back on yeah though i mean in this particular instance he does do that but then all of the cords like electrically find themselves (laughs) back into the machine which again ridiculous but i'm i'm here for it like at this point after the things we've seen, I'm I'm along for this ride. After all we've been through. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sparks things back into place. Um, they head back to the machine. Of course, Bubba has to pay for the sins of everyone and gets eaten alive by these, like, styrofoam ball flies. Um, and can I just say that it could just be a me thing. Maybe it's just a, a symptom of the times. But I love going back and watching older movies where people's like bodies get like destroyed or something like that. And then they just have the puppet <laughs> moving yeah. with just the human heads. It looks so silly. And I can never take it seriously, but I kind of love it. Particularly here because Bubba of looks like ridiculous. Ken's, Ken's head on top of it looks wild. It looks so funny. It looks wild. It's. <laughs> But I mean, at the same time, though, it doesn't even look. I'm just thinking, what? This is 1986. This looks about on par with what they did in Piranha 3D with Jerry O'Connell's legs. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> it's the same effect, and it looks about the same. Like it's, um, it is. Um, I think for its time, definitely great, and like th- pushing boundaries because yeah, it looks like some stuff. From not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yo, it just looks so silly. It, it looks ridiculous. It, it's very unfortunate because, like, I, I really do like Bubba as a character. Mainly just because I think that Ken Foray is doing such a good job of making him very, like, charming and a very fun character that you actually care about. Because I do think very easily he could have become a character that is just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think he does a good job of becoming more than that and becoming a very important part of the group and because originally it feels like he's just there for the muscle and that kind of is what he is for a little while but i think that slowly his personality becomes way more than that and he is such a fun part of this film and honestly when he gets taken out some of the comedic tone gets taken out True. Um, now granted also though i think at the time that he gets taken out is when we're getting really serious about what is going on like this is when we start to get into oh shit this is getting to a bigger scale situation um so yeah unfortunately he gets eaten alive by these bugs and trying to save Catherine and crawford the, though uh, not to harp on it too much longer it is slightly hilarious how like he shines the light on them it works and then immediately just drops the flashlight onto himself to yeah. attract all of the bugs onto I his know. body. And I don't, it, 
his death was so avoidable. <laughs> it was. It was avoidable by him because I don't understand why he even threw the flashlight down. Because it's like, okay, we discovered that the light leads them away. I suppose maybe because they were still, maybe because they were coming too close to the flashlight. But, like, you could have put that anywhere. <laughs> you didn't even Bubba, need to really throw it. <laughs> Bubba really and truly did that to himself. <laughs> he did. <laughs> He didn't even try. He was like, I could try and move it too, because it's not that far from it's him. It's not that far away. They do. They point. They pan out to a wide shot, and it's literally two steps away from him. <laughs> the flashlight where it's at. But yeah, it illuminates him, and then he gets eaten alive, and it's unfortunate. But at the same time, by the time you get to the end of this movie, everybody's fates are pretty unfortunate. So True. it's like, if this didn't happen to Bubba, something else bad was gonna happen to him. Yeah. So. But yeah, so from this point on is when Crawford kind of also becomes part of the dark side in a way because yeah. his little he has gland dark side tendencies. Yeah. His little gland finally pops out and he goes <laughs> He goes, "Oh my <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful." But then we see from his perspective it's basically just like predator vision. Predator vision. It, yeah, it's it's like a more colorful version of predator vision. It it does look. I mean, I guess like the colors are pretty. It's like a more of a rainbow look, yeah. but it's not even like it's kaleidoscope or anything. It's literally like um, temperature, like when it shows all the different temperatures of things. When mm -hmm. that's like the viewpoint you're getting, and so everything's yeah. like a different color. That's literally all it is. <laughs> Yeah, but I i mean, I chalk that one up to just technical limitations, right? Yeah. I'm sure had that been shot like nowadays, there are so many different techniques that you could have done to make that look more trippy or or yeah. just to establish what vision in that world was like then. Um, I, I hear you. It was one of those things where like I saw it and I was like, I'm just going to assume that this is the most beautiful thing that he's ever seen. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, well, and I guess, too, it just I, like the first time that I watched this movie, I remember that surprising me because I love the lighting of the machine when they go into the second plane. It's like that purple pink, like cosmic lighting. Mm -hmm. I think that's really pretty. And I think that's really cool. And I think that really matches with what the other plane is, because a lot of these creatures are almost more takes on on creatures that we have in the real world and most of them almost seem like sea creatures and so i'm i'm i was thinking maybe it would be kind of like that but like blue and green like just kind of the that same lighting look so yeah it just surprised me when i was like oh it's just like a it's like he has like goggles on little infrared goggles on <laughs> yeah and <laughs> Like when we get to the hospital and he like makes it up his bed and he's kind of walking around. I got to give it to him. My man's commitment to the bit is there. Yeah. Because uh, I guess he's supposed to be like hungry, right? Like mm -hmm. when he stands up and he's like, oh, I need something to eat. This man, the way he is stumbling through the halls, licking his lips. Like <laughs> every, I love every time that we get the, because there are a lot of close ups of the pineal gland coming out of his forehead. He's always yeah. like, going like cross side and like half orgasming while it's like coming out. Like those shots to me are so funny. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, wait. Also, this might be, I don't remember if it's this time when Pretoria shows up or if it's the last time when Pretoria shows up when they're up in the attic. But it it's so funny to me when he when he pops up and he just goes, kiss. Kiss. <laughs> kiss. <laughs> <laughs> to Catherine. I, I, I don't remember I don't remember if it's this time or or the other time. It might be it might be the last time, but that's my next note is just the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but after the second time, we do see him in full glory. Like I think the first time that yeah. we go back, he's like half half the creature. And then by the time we go back after we lose Bubba. He is full-on creature yeah. mode. You get the full wide shot of it. You see everything. It looks silly, but it also looks dope. Like, equal yeah, I was parts. Say, I think it looks dope. It's kind of reminds... It's, like, kind of, like... Now, it's, like, his top half is on the floor. And then it's, like, his back almost goes up like a scorpion, kind of, mm-hmm. um, when he comes back this time. And now his... And he does the same where his, like, fingers get long and his arms get really long and he'll, like, shoot them out. And uh, I just love... I love all that gooey shit. So <laughs> stuff, to, stuff like that, to me, always looks really cool, even when it's kind of silly looking. But um, I, I just think it's always so fun in this one. I, I love the fact that he looks different every time you see him. It's like the longer that he's in the beyond, the, the more, more that he transforms. Like yeah, yeah. So true. I think that that's super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we cut to the hospital and they are Catherine now seemingly is having a breakdown. And because her and this other nerd doctor have beef, the doctor's like zapper <laughs> immediately <laughs> sends her to electroshock therapy. And then, the doctor is trying to help Crawford and she does not seem, I feel like as taken aback by the fact that his little gland is just kind of popping in and out out of his head. Yeah. Very, very calm. I think even for doctor standards, a little calm on this one. She seems pretty relaxed about the situation and also is the only person working on him i feel like that's definitely a call for backup type of situation Mm -hmm. but yeah crawford is on the move and he discovers that it's brains that he's craving yes he's a little brain boy and again shout out to all of those shots of crawford's eyes crossing through before he munches (laughs) down on some quote-unquote brains Because, like, we see him eat a little bit of a brain when he's on his own. But then the doctor finds him, and he kind of snaps back to himself. But before they can leave the room, he's like, nah, I I definitely am hungry. And so, because we can't really, like, watch him just chomp into her skull, (laughs) I love how we just opt for him sucking out people's eyeballs. Yeah. He has to. Well, but also, too. So he has to suck it out through their eye. But I think part of that is because technically he's still a human and like you can't bite through a skull. True. Because <laughs> he just break all his teeth. That's true. <laughs> so I think I think that that's also the idea is it's like he has to find another way to get it out. So he has to like suck it out. Right. <laughs> Which I but don't know watch, if that would actually work. Watching but. <laughs> this man French kiss people's eye sockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something else i was not prepared for <laughs> it's a wild I, it really is i also don't know why 
Because the thing that alerts the doctor that he is in that room is she sees like a stream of blood coming out from underneath the door. I don't know why so much blood was coming out because he's just eating one brain. He's eating and- a single brain. And when you walk <laughs> into the room, there is like no blood. Elsewhere. And anywhere yeah. <laughs> else. There's, I, I will say there's a lot of continuity stuff throughout this that like at first I was keeping track of, but then partway through I was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I, I just don't care. The one egregious one that I will point out and I didn't want to leave without saying it is when they go back to that house towards the end and Catherine looks down at the outline of where the body was supposed to be, we are not yeah. going to sit here and pretend that those outlines are even remotely the same from the beginning to the end. Those are vastly different. Well, but because there's two outlines now. Oh, okay. That's what's that's what's funny to that about that part to me is there's two now. So there's the one for Pretorius that doesn't have a head, but then there's the one that we see when she walks in. That's supposed to be Bubba's. That's why the legs are so skinny. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Fine. Never mind. Take it back. Which is still disrespectful (laughs) because it's like. The legs are really skinny because obviously they gotten eaten off and then like all the rest like the upper half of his body is normal sized <laughs> and then you could tell they like made the small the bottom part smaller oh my gosh but um all right i bite my tongue on that one <laughs> it's it's it but it, it's confusing because you can barely see pretorius is like out of the corner so it makes it seem like that's the same um one gotcha but but yeah so he and that's another thing uh only when the gland is out does it control crawford Mm -hmm. so he still has a little bit of control he's really trying to fight this but it's definitely kind of starting to take him over and so because of the shenanigans that he's getting into catherine is able to escape and go back to the house because now the kind of what I was talking about earlier, we're getting on a grander scale is because now the issue is if Pretorius can turn the machine on anytime he wants and leave it on, then what's to say that the vibrational field doesn't extend and it's not, you know, like and it gets further out into the world because right now it really only affects the house. Right. But even still earlier earlier it only affected the the attic when they first do the experiment and then later on it affects the whole house which is something that is new like crawford didn't even know that it could go all the way into the basement and that's something that happens later so it's clear that it's already starting to extend and so the fear could be that if that continues to happen could this eventually be all over the world and anytime pretorius wants he can just knock it on and go out for a little midday midday snack true true (laughs) so catherine devises the plan to blow up the resonator using a time bomb that she can just make apparently um also she i guess stopped by like a jc pennies or something on the way (laughs) over because she is fully dressed um Mm -hmm. after escaping from the hospital and then uh, goes back to the house, but then also runs into Crawford, who um, ate another brain ball and then stole an ambulance and found his way there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he attacks two am- uh, EMTs on their way, bringing a patient in. And I like so he attacks the first EMT and that guy 
falls down, unconscious on the ground, his eyeball hanging out. And the girl that he works with, it takes her so long to realize that he needs help. She's staring at him for forever. She's like, are you okay? His eyeball is hanging out of his socket. <laughs> and there's blood all over his face. She's like, are you okay? Yeah. Um, and then she also, this part is a little silly to me because Crawford attacks her and starts sucking on her eyeball. And she pulls a knife out, but she doesn't do anything with the knife. Right. Do you notice that? She doesn't do, she doesn't hit him with the knife. She doesn't stab him. It's like she pulls the knife out and manages to get herself free mm -hmm. and then runs and gets attacked again, never uses the knife. <laughs> again, we let these things go at this point in the film. There is a, <laughs> there is a pineal gland sticking out of Crawford's head. Uh, yes. My 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 faculties for for nonsense are are just <laughs> at full blast right now um but yeah she she gets got um we make it back to the house and i guess in this situation uh crawford is really like on the fence here where he's trying to fight back but Pretorius definitely has some control mm -hmm. um gets him to lock her up in the bdsm chains yeah for a moment and i guess he's going to try and help get her consumed but then she straight chomps off his his gland yeah which brings him back to his senses um which you know what good on you that was resourceful that was disgusting oh, but yeah. resourceful yeah catherine doesn't give a fuck right now yeah she bites the whole thing off and yeah he tries to suck her brains out so that they can be together forever because he loves her Mm -hmm. But he also lies to her because he's like, this won't hurt a bit. I'm like, mm, three other <laughs> victims say otherwise. <laughs> Their screams tell me that this actually hurts a lot. Right. But so once his gland gets pulled off, he's back to Crawford. He wants to help. So he <laughs> he kind of distracts Pretorius and says, come at, come get me. And like runs down the stairs. I love it because Pretorius's little creature body has like one regular arm. And, and then, then <laughs> like, and then one really big arm and his regular arm is like, it's, it's like pumping, his fist, fist is pumping as he runs. Pumping. Yeah. And it I, looks really silly. I love the entire like stairway chase sequence, if you want to call it that. I just mm -hmm. love the way that it was shot, the way that it was framed up. I love that you get the one kind of like moving shot with Pretorius and then you yeah. just follow, you follow Crawford just going, hey, try and get me over here. Yeah. He goes down a couple steps. What about right here? And then he goes down <laughs> to the bottom, and then you just get the flying creature just yanks him and starts twisting his head, which that effect, mad dope. I give it to him. Yeah. When he, when he finally gets his head eaten this time, it's for realsies. And so, like, mm -hmm. it's getting ripped off, but also simultaneously being, like, spun around so that it, so it's kind of the same effect mm -hmm. that it had on Pretorius. And that looked phenomenal. I can't yeah. even I can't even front on that one. It looks cool and honestly, I think it's a cool idea that Crawford gets taken out before the final battle and we're left with Catherine. Because mm -hmm. by all regards, Crawford does seem like he should be our protagonist, our final guy. And so yeah, it's wild that before you finally just got him back to like who he was and then right away he dies um but yeah his head gets bitten off Catherine kind of gets chased upstairs and at this point in time there's a, uh, there's a minute 
allegedly left mm-hmm. on the bomb by the time she gets a upstairs. <laughs> a movie minute left on the bomb. And she is getting to that point where it's time for the final showdown with Pretorius. But this part is really cool where Crawford kind of starts to burst out of Pretorius's body because mm-hmm. they're one now. They're Pretorius has like taken him into himself. But similarly to how he is still who he is as a person, Crawford is still who he is as a person. Right. So he's able to help Catherine and he kind of like pulls his hands come out of Pretorius's mouth. It looks fucking cool. I love this part. I think it looks really it's it's hard to tell what's going on, but in the best way, just because it's all like flesh just yeah. kind of mixing Goopy, together and fighting everywhere. When Crawford comes out, he comes out like he's being birthed. He's like all wet and he's like, ah! <laughs> and he like comes out of Pretorius's mouth and is like, I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. And then, and it's just cool because it's the whole final battle ends up being like an internal one because you can't really see exactly how they're fighting, right. but both of them are fighting each other. And, um, it looks great. I also want to say, too, above all, besides, like, the fleshy mound aspect, I also want to say that Croft, the way that they did his face, like, the way Crawford's face looks every time within the creature, I think is really, really smart. Uh, Crawford because, or Pretorius? I'm sorry, Pretorius's face mm-hmm. um, yeah, in no, the I creature you, yeah. was really smart because they kept, they kept his face enough intact where he could still, like, emote. And yeah. you can still see that it's him. And then it kind of like ripples out as it goes back. I think that that was a really creative thing to do so that the actor could still have some agency and still obviously be Pretorius, but also be the creature. Yeah. But also it's what a creative final battle. Like I do mm-hmm. think that it's really cool to have essentially this creature fighting itself, eating itself. Um up until our bomb finally goes off one minute later, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole final fight is very awesome. Uh, Catherine leaps out of a second story window. And I enjoy the fact that her leg is fucked up yeah. afterwards because you don't see that too often. A lot of times characters get away with like a, ooh, that hurt. But then they're like not seriously injured. Her leg is fucked. Is fu- <laughs> yeah, her knee is like busting out of the skin (laughs) (laughs) so i was like that's a really nice touch i will say though this last little bit of blathering and crying and sobbing that Catherine was doing as she was just like (laughs) just shaking Mm -hmm. the whole time i know it's supposed to be like a tender like you just made it moment but I was giggling. Nah, dude. Nah, this to me is like full camp. <laughs> the way that she is just shaking and shivering, and then the fucking cry turns into a laugh. I was like, I can't with this move. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be super over the top because, yeah, I I think uh, no. I think it's just a product a of the eighties, but specifically of horror movies, the, the way that they portray people with 
like in mental institutions or people having psychotic breaks is so always so over the top mm-hmm. it's always like the most extreme version of it it could be and so yeah Catherine is also apparently more neighbors <laughs> exist in this just area yeah. <laughs> yes. where were these people before Who yeah because we have a full group of people now although we do have the the re-emergence of our old lady and her dog they do come <laughs> over and check on Catherine and get spooked but yeah we have basically a similarly to the discord decides this movie also comes full circle because we have Catherine now saying the same thing that crawford said in the beginning and in the same position that crawford was in in the beginning because Mm -hmm. she says the same thing she says it ate him and then she yeah starts to cry which turns into laughter like cackling cackling my subtitle said the closed (laughs) captioning specified cackling But this is what I mean when I say this ending is not particularly good for anybody. It's right. For everybody kind of loses. Yeah. For everyone who was involved in this experiment, it is a bad end for everybody. Mm-hmm. Very true. But good end for me as the viewer, because <laughs> I I'm not a, a smoker per se, but I felt like I needed a cigarette after watching this. Oh. <laughs> Also, I wrote down the note about three times. Is this a porn? Because there were several times where I wasn't sure. Right. And I mean, that's the thing, too, about. I don't want to. I don't know if it's an H.P. Lovecraft thing, because like I said, I've never actually read any of his stories, but I've seen the adaptations. But I know for sure for Stuart Gordon, uh, these movies do tend to get quite sexual and. This one is no stranger. There is also usually, which could uh, understandably put some people off, is there's like a lot of times an assault kind of aspect to things, um, which like feels icky. And so if that is something that, you know, you are understandably uncomfortable watching, like I just don't think that these movies will be they're not they're never normally it's not it's not like so much of the movie but there's usually always a moment of it and from beyond is no different (laughs) there are a couple moments of it in this film as well yeah no absolutely and like thankfully the moments are rare are pretty short minus maybe the one boob scene which went on maybe a beat or two longer than i would have liked um But yeah, they're still present. And this is one of those things where it's like, it's there. And yeah. you know, be mindful of it. If that's something yeah. that's going to be triggering. And it's like, especially 80s horror movies. Boy, I love them. But it was definitely prevalent. 70s and 80s. That was a very, like, very specific element that you will find in a lot of those those horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, but all in all... Again, what a trip of a movie from Beyond <laughs> yeah. was. Um, from the trailer, I expected something I was going to be, or, or I guess I expected something that I wouldn't unsee, and that is what I got. I got a lot of things <laughs> that I think are burned into my brain for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I guess the last thing I want to know is, what are we going to rate this shit out of? 
Oh, okay. Well, we could always read it out of pineal glands. It feels only right to do so. It feels right, doesn't it? Because if we have to use pineal glands for something else, I'm going to be questioning a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something ain't right if, if we find that popping up more than the one time. And it surely can't be more important in any other film than it is in this one. True. Um, oh, hey. Also, let me ask you a question. What is Bubba cooking thank you oh my god thank you i almost forgot and i would have been mad at myself if if we had <laughs> gotten past that yeah what was in that pot what was that uh, was it supposed to be like dumplings at first i thought it was maybe like like some kind of dumpling thing but they're so big they're and they giant. almost look like they look like buns but almost like giant cauliflower a little bit like or something because like underneath it was just kind of like a beef stew because there was like beef and like carrots right. and stuff underneath it but on top of it were just these white things fluffy, things fluffy things and at first i was like oh well maybe they're like bao bun dumplings like they're big old bao nah, buns and there's like something in they're supposed to look <laughs> but they look so textury like they didn't look smooth like the bun the bun normally looks like oh i could i could slap that but this this looked weird i don't know every time i'm like what is that what is in that pot no i was thinking the same thing even i even went back and tried to figure out like what what did you make, yeah. my guy? And why would like, you want two servings of it? Like three, three, three servings three of it. Three servings, and I'm like, I kind of want it. I kind of want it. I kind of <laughs> want to try it, but I also have no idea what it was. And I also was confused on why he didn't scoop more of that juice out of there and put it on top. Yeah. I was like, you got all that soup left in the bottom of the pot. Waste of gravy. Come on, man. Homies, Come on, Bubba. What's in the pot? Y'all let us know. <laughs> yeah, please let let us know because that's the only thing I don't understand from this movie. <laughs> the biggest mystery. <laughs> yeah, the biggest mystery is A, what was Bubba cooking? And B, how did Catherine get that lipstick on perfectly? <laughs> <laughs> we need My the two answers. questions. <laughs> but okay, did you want to go first or would you like me to go first? I, I think I can go first. I think I'm okay. pretty solid on where I'm at in this one. I am going to go ahead and give From Beyond a 3.9 out of 5 uh, pineal glands. I I didn't think I was going to enjoy this movie as much as I did. I actually had a fantastic time watching this movie. <laughs> and I honestly think I will probably watch it again at some point. Because, yeah. like, it is it's a, honestly a pretty easy watch. A lot of crazy things happen. The imagery is great. The the campiness and the kind of over drama really worked for me in this instance, which really allowed me to kind of just like sit back, relax, and, and enjoy this one. Um, I like the I like the directorial style. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the body horror, the the dark comedy. Like everything, honestly, worked very well for me. Um, I guess the biggest reason why it's not a higher rating. It's just like, I don't, I have a lot of affection towards this film after one watch of it, but I just don't know like how good of a film I think it is, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Or like, mm -hmm. I think there are more things that I could pick apart and things that might bother me on subsequent watches. But mm -hmm. as a first time through, like that was a lot of fun. And yeah. like, I don't know if my rating would go up or down, honestly, on multiple watches, but for now... 
I think a 3.9 <laughs> is pretty solid for me. Okay, cool. Um, I think I'm going to be a 4.3 pineal glands out of five because, okay. yeah, I really like this movie. I love the effects. I love the body horror. I love the tone and the style. I like how quickly this story moves. I think it's the perfect length. I think we get everything we need to get, learn everything we need to learn. And I also really enjoy the acting and i enjoy that everybody is committed to this film feels like everybody knew exactly what they were making and what they were doing and it shows because i think across the board like i enjoy all of the performances in this film and although i i like the story of this film it's not like my favorite story um so I feel like maybe that just brushes it down a little bit for me is even though I really, really like the film, like the story itself, I'm I, I think it's a good one, but it's not like my favorite. And I also, too, wish that we got more of the beyond. I wish we got more creatures and like just got to kind of live in the beyond a little bit more and have that like cross into our plane because we get a lot of like the same ones that we have seen. We'll get those repeated. But I just because I'm such a big fan of like that stuff, the creatures of of other dimensions and all of that. I just wish that we had maybe gotten to see more. Um so yeah, those are I feel like those are the only things that kind of just don't make it like a, a higher rating for me but as a whole i still really really like this movie i think it's a lot of fun and i always enjoy it when i go back and rewatch it so yeah 4.3 pineal glands out of five but that was from beyond homies thank <laughs> you again to all of our discord pals who voted on this one um it was a close race but i was excited to talk about any of them so i'm really glad we had got to have this conversation and um when the discord decides comes around next month i would love to see you guys be able to put your votes in for that so if you're not part of our discord yet the link for that is in our social media bios it's where we hang out with the homies and discuss horror but also other things so if you guys would like to come through we would love to see you and you can always talk to us on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer to email us, you can email us at homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games and hang out, have some laughs, some screams, some drinks. So if that sounds up your alley, we'd love for you guys to come through and say hello. The link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts the more we get the better recommends our show to more listeners and we just kind of like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show so yeah if you have an apple account and haven't done that we'd love for you to or over on spotify it's easy to leave us a rating just go to our name click the stars underneath and it'll rate the show for you but that is it for us thank you for listening to us from beyond <laughs> and we will be popping through again for you homies next monday Catch you next time, homies. Bye.